On today's show, guess who's back? Tristan Thompson. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. The music you heard on the way in is from our friends at Astro Radio. I am Chris Manning. That is Evan Damerel. Thanks again to Jake Stevens for producing, hopping in on this Tuesday, giving you four this week, because Tristan Thompson is back with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I, I didn't think in the year 2023, this year of our Lord and Savior, that uh, I would be, Evan and I would be doing a Tristan Thompson breaking news reaction episode. <laughs> but Tristan Thompson, as Rich Paul has told the athletic James Tarania, is coming back to the Cleveland Cavaliers, a franchise obviously that he was drafted by, that he played with for much, won a title with, all of that. Tristan is back. Evan, when you see this news and we think about what his role is going to be, what do you think, what do you just imagine? Why, why, do, why do you think, as of right now, without having heard from the team officially, all of that stuff, having seen anything yet, why do you think this is, ha- what, what is your initial read on this? So, uh, like you said, I wasn't expecting about or expecting to speak about Tristan Thompson this week, unless there was some retirement announcement, even though he is only 32, but you know, he, he's bounced around a little bit since his time in the Cavs kind of came to an end. Um, whether it was a stop in Boston, Sacramento, Indiana, Chicago, or most recently with the Lakers. But, um, and wow, that, uh, Sacramento, Indiana, Chicago trifecta was in the same season, but, um, you know, it's an interesting signing. Uh, I think you you pay cash or send cash rather to the Utah Jazz for Damian Jones. So it's clearly penciled in that Jones is your backup center on paper behind Jared Allen. But Tristan Thompson gives you a veteran. I think, you know, with uh, those rebounding issues, this is a guy who has a nose for offensive rebounds and maybe he can pass that knowledge on to Jared Allen and Evan Mobley somehow. But this is also a very young Cavs team heading into training camp. There's Donovan Mitchell. Uh, there's not a lot of like vocal, vocal leaders otherwise because this is such a soft-spoken group. And at least this is a guy in Tristan Thompson who is at least willing to get into the face of his teammates um, and maybe push their buttons a little bit. And, you know, I, I, have, I have a little bit of a quip, but I'll save it. But um, what was your initial reaction when you just kind of saw this news cross the timeline? Was it, was it the same amount of surprise as Anderson Verjao signing with the Cavs? Um, no, because Anderson Verjao was someone that I think I just assumed had retired, and that was clearly like a weirder thing. And this, I can understand the basketball purposes of that, where if I'm going to be like very blunt about it, the Andy thing felt like a marketing scheme like that didn't feel like something that was done for basketball purposes that felt like the Andy thing felt like it was done for well marketing and like all of that I'm there, sorry there, I was, there were like, basketball purposes he could play for yeah, the but not, Brazilian national team yeah, but, but not for like but, Cleveland Cavaliers basketball no, purposes no no there was not a plan there to have him be something like that um with Tristan I think the idea is a, it's about locker room stuff I don't think Tristan is going to come in and meet, like play a ton and supplant Damian Jones. Maybe on certain nights he plays if they just want someone to go be really annoying as a rebounder. Certainly, I think if there's a skill he still has, it's it's that, and he's going to go out there and at least play really hard. But I think this is about having an adult in the locker room who's going to call people out, who's going to say what he feels like needs to be said, and maybe ruffle some feathers a little bit. I think if we look at that team from last year, 
and everything they said publicly and what we know about those guys' personalities, they didn't have that last year. They didn't go and add that this summer. And Kevin Love is gone, obviously. He left last year. You lost some of that when he leaves. Mitchell, obviously, and Garland are leaders because they're the best players on the team, but they are not that kind of veteran adult you have in that locker room. And Lamar Stevens is gone as someone who also maybe was one of the tougher guys on the team. So I kind of just think that's what he's here to do. He's not here to play 20 minutes a mm-hmm. night. He's not here to be a rotation piece for you. He's here to be a leader. He's here to be someone that is saying some of the the untold stuff. This is a tried and true NBA role. The Cavs had a bunch of those guys during the second LeBron run. I don't think they've really had one like this in a couple of years. And like, will it work? I don't know. It depends on how it resonates and all that stuff. But based on getting to cover Tristan up close a little bit towards the end of his Cavs tenure, he's going to just like say what he feels. And I don't think that's a bad mm-hmm. thing. I do think that's a nice thing if you're trying to actually evolve your culture a little bit. Well, it certainly helps that he spent time at the ESPN desk firing off hot takes. So he certainly will not be afraid to say what he feels. But um, Is that your quip? No, I have another one too. Don't worry. I just thought of that on the fly. But um, just more than anything, one, it's interesting. The last time Tristan played with the Cavs, his only remaining teammates that are still with the team are now Dean Wade and Darius Garland, who were both rookies that year. So it shows you how much time has changed since Tristan was last with the Cavs. But on top of that, um, the Cavs had theoretically two open roster spots. I think it's been reported. I can vouch for the fact that they were planning on only maybe adding one more player heading into training camp. And when you look at the lens of the 14th player on your roster and you're a team that is already pretty much set in rotation wise and you added role players this summer, uh, albeit maybe an expensive one in Max Struess, but I think that's a more than okay price to pay for him. But neither here nor there. Like You're looking at the lens of the 14th roster spot. This is a guy who isn't probably going to play much. This is a guy who's more so coming in as a veteran presence. As you said, like the Cavs have always had a guy like that. I don't think he's going to be like Dante Jones or like he's not going to like lay out whatever the equivalent of um, Jay Crowder is in the playoffs, Tristan Thompson, like uh, Kendrick Perkins did. But he is a guy who's willing to get in the face of other teammates. Um, I know people kind of like knock this because it's just like an overbloated term, but he does have a championship pedigree. He was in the finals four years in a row with LeBron. Um, I do remember like when Matthew Dellavedova was working with Colin Sexton and Darius Garland during Garland's rookie season that he's just like, yeah, I'm going to try and teach them what LeBron taught me when I was really young and inexperienced and kind of an idiot and just like how to maximize practice and how to treat your body right. And sure, like this, this team's a lot different from when Tristan was last year. Like, again, he only has two teammates still standing that are still here. But I think this is just in terms of a 14th guy in a roster, this is a pretty good signing. I think a good veteran presence. It does well with the fans because it's a familiar face. Um and like, again, you're not expecting Tristan Thompson to play a ton of minutes any given night either. Like he, this is a perfectly fine signing. And um, if rebounding really is an issue, uh, you have a dude who has a new a nose for rebounds. Like I said, like if you run into the Knicks in the playoffs again, hey, Tristan, let's just go ahead and deploy you for like 10, 15 minutes. You can get as many fouls as you want, but at least, you know, you're going to be like crashing the glass as often as you can or just doing those weird Tristan Thompson things that just made the Chicago Bulls uh, lives hell in that one playoff series or the Raptors just anytime the Cavs met them in the playoffs. Look, I'll just say, I think if Tristan Thompson is playing for them in the playoffs in any capacity, something has probably gone wrong. No, I'm not saying... In any capacity, it's just saying like, hey, it's an issue again, like rebounding is an issue. Like They run into New York and they're like, you know what? 
we're going to supersede our minutes that usually go, go to like Ricky Rubio or Ty Jerome at the eight man rotation and give those five, 10 minutes to Tristan Thompson. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I think that's the luxury of being at the very back end of the rotation is it's easier to pull the hook on that because I don't think your entire game plan relies on your eighth or ninth man in your rotation. Because if it does, there's some more just like deeply rooted issues at the top. Yeah, I I think what he I don't again expect him to play much. Oh, I don't neither expect, do I. I don't expect I look from a like a 14 the roster sense point, if you wanted to argue that you should go for a more upside oriented guy, I don't even think that's an argument I'm unwilling to hear if you wanted to just bang but go on development. They have three of those guys on two way spots right but, now. As you said, they have the two ways. And if the coaching staff, and we again, this is the thing we don't know. If the coaching staff was like, we want a guy like this, then I'm sympathetic to that. Fair. I think if you also look at it and just say, like, does this guy actually give you, can, can this guy actually play meeting minutes for you if you needed it? I would be a little bit skeptical that that's something he's reasonably going to do. And I think that, like, if you wanted to say, hey, we want to make every roster spot matter to some degree, I think if you wanted to ding it, that's where you would ding it. You would say, okay, I don't know if this is someone who actually could play minutes for us over a 20 game sample if we needed it. Like we like we're going to talk in the next segment what his career has been since he left the Cavs after um after his last year in Cleveland in 2019-20 when he was 28. Mhm. It's not been good since then and it no. wasn't like there were there was a point at the end of the Cleveland run I think particularly that last LeBron season where he looked like a little worn down too and think and that should tell you about that, where he's going. But real yeah. quick before we head into break, uh just like point of reference, this is like similar to the Cavs signing Ed Davis many moons ago. Like Ed Davis played seven minutes a game and barely got any minutes. Like maybe he has like random spot starts due to injury or rest, but like Tristan's like that kind of signing. Like he's not going to be coming in like, yeah, he's part of the rotation, but like it's a dude who at least knows how to play basketball. Yeah. And again, I, I would say 99% of the value of this is that he's probably going to go in the locker room and MF people. That's what he feels like needed. And, I can't say that's like it's not the most like fun thing. It can be toxic. Uh, at certain times, it doesn't resonate. Like I think it can rub certain guys the wrong way. But if it works, I don't think it's a bad thing to have. All right, coming up next, what Tristan has been since then, kind of laying out why this isn't exactly uh, a rotation piece you're adding in in 2023. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. Picking up if you're picking up anything to go cook it at the cook with at the store. Maybe for a last, before the weather goes away, barbecue outside. You should get cash back with it. You can do that with Ibotta. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. You can make sure you're beating ridiculous inflation no matter what you're purchasing. You can just link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $120 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip. Or you could use your cash back you buy that flight you've been eyeing, or at least some of it, that game you're dying to go into, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use our code LOCKED. All right, back here on Lockdown Cavs. Remember, you can check us out every single day right now. Three 
days a week. Tomorrow's episode that we already have recorded for you guys. We're going to look ahead for Darius Garland and where he could go next season. So please stay tuned for that every dayers. Okay. Tristan Thompson said, I'm going to run through the games played since he left the Cavs after the 2018-19 season. Well, one sec. Uh, this is... So you said uh, him MFing people or getting in the face of others might be toxic. Um, it goes hand in hand with it. Like Tristan Thompson could be toxic, but much like Khloe Kardashian, the Cavs are willing to give him a second chance. Continue. All right, zero out of ten. Never again. Please retire that. We're never doing that again. 54 games with the Celtics in 2021. Uh, in 2021-2022 spends part of the... He ends up in Sacramento, um, as well as Indiana, as well as Chicago. Played 57 games between those three stops in that season. The Boston free agent signing did not work. Those three situations did not work. And then he ends up on the Lakers towards the end of last year for the playoff run. Played 7.3 minutes per game in the playoffs. Was Notably, the guy when you were watching on TV and there was a timeout where the Lakers had forced their team to call a timeout and he was pumping people up. He was the first guy you saw coming off the bench. That's going to be, I think, a lot of energy you get this year is that he's the first one coming out and getting everyone juiced, if, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. Here's So, look, Evan, since he left Cleveland, and again, I think when he left Cleveland, there was already some signs that there was a drop-off coming. He just hasn't been like a really... He's not been like a good NBA player. I think that's just like, if you look at the numbers, you've watched any of the games over the same period of time. There's a reason he hasn't stuck anywhere since he left. And I think that that has to be considered when you're thinking about this. Yeah. And for context, um, Tristan Thompson had an Ironman streak of 447 games from when he was drafted to April, 2017, when he missed a game um, with a sprained thumb. And that was not the last LeBron year, but that was the year before the last LeBron year. But you could start to see like, okay, there's a lot of mileage, there's a lot of tread. The Cavs are a team that leaned very heavily on him, especially postseason time. And I think especially after LeBron was gone and Tristan was still here with the Cavs, um, you could see the fatigue and grind of what four consecutive trips to the finals, especially that last trip to the finals, which was like a slog against Indiana and Boston in the Eastern Conference. And then obviously you were swept pretty quickly by Golden State after that. But you could see the fatigue and just like the mental and physical toll it was taking on someone like Tristan, who really relied on his athleticism and his strength and just, you know, his availability. I think that was one of his other than his rebounding acumen, I think one of Tristan's greatest attributes like during his like peak quote unquote with the Cavs was his availability. And then it's a similar enough like analogy to like a running back in the NFL. Like the Cavs ran Tristan down till there's like zero treads left on the tires. And then uh, I think they would have been happy to keep him um, come free agency time. But I think maybe they were being a little bit more pragmatic about it and also just where they were as a team because Tristan Thompson probably wanted to play some winning basketball and the Cavs weren't quite ready for that when he left for Boston. But yeah, to your point, like he took quite a nosedive compared to the Tristan Thompson we knew um, even just a year or two removed from his like um, first stint with the Celtics and then with the Pacers, Bulls, Kings. And then, uh, like you said, like he's he was a guy off the bench who seldom, if not, ever really played for the Lakers when the Lakers were making a play, made a run to the Western Conference Finals. And um, his role more so is just to kind of be the pump up and hype man. And people like kind of joked at him for it just because they maybe didn't realize like how invaluable that position is. But like having a guy who is quote unquote juicing people up or also just maybe remaining 
in perspective and giving insight can be helpful, especially for guys that are soft-spoken, especially at the big man spot, like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, like Tristan Thompson can maybe see what he's seeing, say what he's seeing from the bench and from the courts, from sitting court side to those guys and also maybe give them their face and make press some buttons to make them feel comfortable while being uncomfortable at the same time. Would you would you rather have Tristan Thompson this upcoming season or Robin Lopez as a point of comparison? Uh, Tristan Thompson. Uh, and I know there's not much mileage in either compared to what Robin Lopez was either compared to what Tristan Thompson is likely going to give you this upcoming season. But I think... I mean, guys on this team like Robin, but like Tristan Thompson is just like a different type of dude. Like he's a grittier type of player. He's very comfortable... Like you said, getting in people's faces and just like maybe pushing people around, not pushing people around like a bullying sense, but like just kind of like pushing the right buttons and pulling the right levers to just like make sure they're maximizing their opportunities on the court. Whereas like I I think Robin Lopez was a veteran in a sense, but he wasn't a veteran in that sense. So it works in different ways, but I think the approach, yeah, I would just rather have Thompson right now. How about you? I would as well, just because I think the energy he brings is what I kind of feel like the locker room didn't have. And I think if you also have Damian Jones and you don't only have to rely on this very old, maybe not good anymore, backup center for those minutes, I think I think that's like kind of makes it okay. That's that's and, um and that's, you also that's have a and you have yeah. Isaiah Mobley. Like, if you want Isaiah Mobley to play over Damian, like, I, if I was going to rank the backup centers for next season, it's Damian Jones, Isaiah Mobley, Tristan Thompson. That's the, that's the that's the backup center depth chart in terms of actually playing minutes. That's a valid point, and it's just especially the Damian Jones aspect because the Cavs didn't have that luxury. They had like a younger, maybe more athletic center, at least a guy who had more uh, tread on the tires compared to like Robin Lopez and Tristan Thompson or even Ed Davis in that same vein as well where you got a younger big man to back up your pretty important franchise cornerstone and Evan Mobley and also Jared Allen but maybe not part of the long term equation Jared Allen either way um, Jones yeah that makes sense like that's a really good point and also like you're not now relying on like Tristan to give you 10-15 minutes a night and spot opportunities whereas he's just gonna be very comfortable chilling in warm ups watching the game happen other question about this before we get into his role for next season. Well, we're actually I'm gonna say something about his jersey number for neck for coming up next. So there is like so there there's something I realized when I was thinking about what jersey numbers Tristan Thompson gonna wear. And there's someone that maybe will be in the team, but we don't know if they're coming back. That technically works 13. So we'll talk about that and what his role like if if he has to play, what does that look like? What has happened coming up? All right, we're back here on Lockdown Cavs. Number-wise, so Tristan Thompson, obviously, were number 13 with Cleveland his first mm-hmm. nine years in the league. He has worn other numbers since. Currently on the Cleveland Cavaliers, Ricky Rubio is wearing 13. He was wearing three, but then when they traded him for Karis LeVert, Karis LeVert took three, and Karis LeVert is still wearing three. So this begs the question to me is, does does Ricky change numbers? Do they just keep it? Does Tristan go to nine, which he wore for the Lakers last year? And I, Dylan Windler is no longer on the team, so I think nine is available. Like I, It is. Th- it's just going to be weird to see like a Tristan Thompson jersey that maybe doesn't have 13 on it, just because I think all time, when you think of 
him, when you think of him in a Cavs jersey, it's never not going to be 13. I, it's just yeah, going to yes. matter, but it's just going to be funny to me. Yes, and you can make the same argument for Colin Sexton and now Ty's Rome wearing number two post Kyrie. I, I'm curious to see if a guy has the gall to grab number zero if he ends up with the Cavs. I think like the only number that is strictly off limits that that's not in the ter- current like retired rotation is 23, and that's for obvious reasons. But um, I um yeah, I wonder if Ricky does change his number because I had to look it up. Like, what did Karis LeVert wear before he came to Cleveland? It was 22, which is retired. And Larry Nance Jr. was even weird about that coming out of retirement too because it's his dad's number. So, does LeVert go to like a completely different jersey number? Like, is there a bunch of shuffling of the deck, or do the Cavs, or does Tristan Thompson want to jump through all these hoops to get his number back? Who knows? But. Hey, hey, if Tristan Thompson's only here for one year with the Cavs or if he doesn't like stay the entire time because he could be like trade fodder or something like that just to make a transaction work at the deadline or something, a nine Tristan Thompson jersey would look pretty mint next to a nine Dwayne Wade jersey just in terms of just oh like God. collectibles. Did the oh, what number did the oh, did the Wild Dang wear nine for the Cavs too? Yeah, he did. I had a Lou oh Dang jersey. It was nine. I, it was the yellow was, jersey with the red like wine text across I, it. I really respect that you you blitz some money on fire at that one, or your parents did for you. Considering I was, was I young, dumb, and on an internship, so I thought I was making so much money then. <laughs> yeah, but I was I, also uh, living I, in Indiana, so the cost of living wasn't much. Boy, I would. Uh... I would frame a tr- nine Tristan Thompson jersey as a lull if I got one off like one of those websites that you totally don't use to buy shows. Um, bro, okay, so bro, it's just the, the only basketball jersey you would frame Jason Pre- Jason is Preston. a Jason Preston Cavs jersey if he ended up with the Cavs. Right. Mm. So I this this is the sidebar that I'm going to end very quickly. I'm running the Athens Half Marathon in the spring. I am going to find a Jason Preston Clippers jersey or a Jason Preston Ohio University jersey that I can. I can run that half marathon, and that is my he's, plan. He's but. rocking a 17. That's a nice jersey number. I like 17. So yeah, we're going to DHK right now. All right, so we look at we look ahead to if he plays, Evan. What has happened if he has to? If he plays, if what has happened that Tristan Thompson ends up playing like 60 games for the Cavs? What do you think has? What do you think leads to that if it can happen at all? There's a new variant of COVID that causes permanent respiratory and cardiovascular damage that Evan Mobley and or Jared Allen got that you're like, okay, shoot. There's a provision. Let's assign big men, but Tristan, you have to play for a 60 games. I don't really see a realistic path unless it's like a calamity like that or again, knock on wood, a season-ending injury that causes the Cavs to shuffle the rotation a bit and bump Tristan into the rotation because like Damian Jones is one of your starting bigs. Yeah, I think it's injuries. Like if Damian Jones gets hurt, yeah, oh that too. If Isaiah, Damian Jones yeah. gets hurt, or if Isaiah, Isaiah Mobley Mo- isn't able to play because like the rules of the two way contract. Yeah, like do they burn through his days? Do they also just want him to play regularly at the G League level to get more reps? Like I think like you could choose that, and I would understand that because I think him and Amani Bates and Craig Porter Jr. getting minutes on there, I think would be really useful to them more than being randomly just sitting on the bench for depth purposes. I understand like you, you pick the main team over the roster, but not, but uh, I I agree. I think it's just, does someone get hurt? And I think it'll be a cool, I think it'll be a cool thing on media day. I think it'll be a cool thing opening night. I think there's going to be a couple games 
where Tristan Thompson is annoyed and and it like talks after the game for whatever reason and like gets some shots off or like Darius comes to the podium and is like, hey, you know, Tristan reminded us of some stuff today and that this is just going to be a thing that pops up every now and then. But overall, it's going to be like a very minor thing. But I think every time that his name gets announced or every time he ends up in the game for two minutes, the pop is just going to be like electric. I, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember. But in May 2021, the Cavs did have a video tribute for Tristan on the Jumbotron that they, I found on Facebook of all places. But um, it just brought a smile to my face. Cause I was like, did they have a video tribute for him or not? But it's, oh, yeah. it's nice they did. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think for the diehard sickos, like I know David Zavak is just absolutely through the roof, probably ran home and just like celebrated, had, had an, a, an ice cold, like, adult beverage to celebrate Tristan Thompson being back but it's cool nice exciting um to have a piece of that 2016 team back with the Cavs because weirdly last year there were none of those players on that roster and like Matthew Delvadova was the last man standing or no Kevin Love was so Kevin mind. Love. sorry excuse me so Kevin Love was part of that 2016 team before that it was Love and Delvadova and then like you saw the guys just kind of go away it was like just watching him just like fade out of existence. So it's it's nice for the Cavs to find a, or not find, but bring back a guy uh, that was part of that 2016 team because nostalgia is really potent with fans, especially Cleveland ones. And Tristan was a guy who really endeared himself to this fan base with just like how much energy and how much just like oomph he brought for the Cavs come postseason time and really cemented himself as a guy who's like, was key to all those final runs. Yes. It's in there. Tristan Thompson back with the Cleveland Cavaliers. This has been your Locked On Cavs episode for September 12th. I'm Chris Manning. That's Evan Darrell. Peace out, everyone. We'll talk to y'all for our next one.